0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe that the gospel has the power to change your whole life, or your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Good morning, church. Thank you, worship team. Well, we're going to be continuing our Inside Out series this morning, as Harriet mentioned. And yeah, we're going to be looking at spirit today. So uh, this week and next week, we're going to be looking at spirit I'm obviously speaking this morning, and then Pastor Malcolm is going to speak next week to speak also on Spirit and to wrap up our series. So my message today is going to have three parts to it. Okay, the first part is um, I want to talk about what is our Spirit. So uh, if you're thinking, I don't know what he's about to talk about, don't worry, hopefully I'm going to give you an idea of what we mean by our Spirit and in that, we're going to look at some pretty core beliefs uh, in our faith as Christians. Uh, or if you're not a Christian, then hopefully you're going to learn something about what we actually believe as Christians today. Then the second part of the message I want to talk about, then building on that foundation, the, our core, not just to, uh, to receive the Holy Spirit and have a spirit within us, but also then to walk and live spiritual lives. And then finally, I want to give us just one practical application uh, that we can take away from this message. So next week pastor Malcolm is going to bring more of a practical kind of application. So uh, I'm just going to I'm going to keep myself just to one thing that I think maybe we could take away from this uh, message today, carry into our week to then be even more ready to receive uh, next week. So hopefully that sounds good. Let's just pray and then we will go in. Father, we thank you that you're here. We pray that you would give us grace Uh, to receive the truth this morning. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you come and do something powerful in us. We don't just want to hear from your word, we want to be transformed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing. So, what is our spirit? So, what what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a bit of a definition, and then we're going to look at the Bible, and hopefully you can then see from the Bible how I've not just made this up off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's actually in there, okay? So, What we believe our spirit is, is our spirit is the part of me, the part of you that wants to follow God. Your spirit is that part of you that is drawn towards doing the right thing, living the right way, living the way that God has called us to do. That part of you is your spirit. But what's really important is that the Bible is really clear that maybe unlike the body or our soul that we've looked at over the last 3 weeks maybe unlike those we don't just have a spirit as a default because we're a human being but the bible says that we have a spirit only because the holy spirit god the holy spirit has come and live has come to live in us when we receive jesus as our lord and savior the bible says that until that point our spirit is I'm not, you know, hey, it's all uh, human beings. We're a bit of a mystery. I don't know if our spirit is asleep, if it's dead, if it just doesn't exist. But there's something that's just not there until we receive salvation in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes and brings our spirit to life. He brings it to birth. He wakes it up. I don't know, but it's only because of the Holy Spirit that our spirit is alive within us. And the Bible says, you know, it says in lots of different places, one of them's in the book of Ephesians, it says that when we put our faith in Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. Now, there are other parts of the Bible, which we're going to come to as well, where there seems to be also an experience where you can receive salvation of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit, but then have a separate moment where you're then filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that in the second part of my message. But... The Bible is clear that when you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit is given to you to guarantee your inheritance as God's possession and your spirit comes alive within you. And then from that place, our spirit is then the part of us that is drawn by the Holy Spirit to actually follow the ways of Jesus, or at least to actually have a desire to want to follow the ways of Jesus. And when we follow the life of Jesus, that's how we enter the kingdom of God. So our spirit is, it's, we only have it because the Holy Spirit has come and live in us when we receive Jesus as our saviour. And the only thing that you contribute to that is your faith in the saving worth of Jesus. And then drawn, created by, born by the Holy Spirit, our spirit is then the place that is then drawn towards God by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, so... That's what I think our spirit is. So now we're going to read from the book of John. We're going to read from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. So if you've got a Bible, get your Bible out, get your Bible app open into John chapter 3. We're going to be reading from the NIV, uh, which is the New International Version. Uh, it's going to come up on your screen, hopefully, but I'm going to also read it to you. So hopefully you're going to see here why I've kind of come up with what I've just said there. It's not just come out of this brain. John 3, verse 1, it says... Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And then Jesus replied in a classic kind of Jesus slightly... I don't really know what this reply has got to do with that statement or question. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus answers, quite understandably, how can someone be born when they are old? He asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God Here we go. Unless they are born of water and the Spirit. And that is Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Holy Spirit, capital S Spirit, gives birth to small s Spirit, our Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Gives birth to our spirit. So you shouldn't be surprised at me saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So you see here that Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives birth to our spirit. But this leads us to a really, really, really important truth of the Christian faith that I really want to draw out. There's two of them from this passage. The first one is that we have to be born again. We have to be born again. Jesus says that something foundational, fundamental to the very core of who I am has to be radically and completely transformed if I'm going to enter the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and a Pharisee was, and he was part of the Jewish ruling council. So he's like a top Pharisee. Pharisees were teachers of the Jewish law. So, this guy, in terms of doing the right thing, he would have known absolutely everything to do to do the right thing. And Jesus says, even you, Nicodemus, every single cell in your body, every single part of who you are needs to be completely taken away and born completely again if you're going to enter the kingdom of God. (laughs) This is a big claim. And he says here that you've got to be born of water and of spirit, That's in verse 5. He says they are to be born of water and of spirit. Now water here, he's talking about being washed and cleansed of our sins. Now Jesus hasn't done this yet, but we can speak in past tense. He's talking about his death and resurrection that would wash away our sin and take away the burden of our sin and our shame and that he would rescue us. And he says, not only do you need to be born of water, uh, which, you know, that theme of water, you know, is all throughout the, the New Testament. Ephesians chapter five talks about us being washed so that we would be holy and righteous in his sight. That's what it's talking about, Jesus's salvation. And we're supposed to be born of spirit, Which again, as we've said already, when we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. So Jesus is saying, if you're going to enter the kingdom of God, every single part of who you are, however good, however bad, however normal, however abnormal you feel that you are, has to be radically transformed by Jesus. If we are to be holy like he is holy, if we're to be righteous like he is righteous, if we're to enter relationship with Jesus Which leads us on to the second really important thing to remind ourselves with is that that whole process comes from God alone. You and I, we can't do anything to make that happen which is quite a humbling thing because it says all those things that you and I really do enjoy taking credit for, all those things that we feel like, no, but I've been quite good here and I've been quite good there, but I'm in general a good person over here. Jesus says none of them actually count for anything when it comes to your standing before God. Jesus has taken everything. That's a humbling thing. For a man like Nicodemus, who has lived his life trying sometimes good, probably sometimes in a proud way, trying to do everything right in order to please God, that would have been an incredibly humbling experience. To receive a teaching that says, hey, you have to be born completely again and none of this is going to come from you. <laughs> but you know what? It's also, <laughs> it's also an incredibly liberating thing. Because, you know, however, however um, great we sometimes kid ourselves to think we are, Deep down, we know we're not that good, I think. Even if you've been lying to yourself for a long, 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 long time, deep down we know, I think, that there is pride in us and there is arrogance in us and there is insecurity in us and there is selfishness in us and there is hypocrisy in us. We all deep down know this. And Jesus is saying, every single thing that I would require of you to enter my presence, I am going to give you. I'm going to give it all to you and none of it's going to come from you. Which means A, you need to you don't need to try and keep earning your way to it, but you need to be humbled, but also you need to be freed, because hey, this is I'm not only am I asking a lot of you and I'm telling you it's impossible, but I'm going to make the way for you. I've done it all for you. In here, in in, in John, he talks about flesh giving birth to flesh, but Holy Spirit giving birth to our spirit. And flesh here is is like our natural lives away from God. That's our flesh, is our natural lives away from God. We can do bad things and we can do good things in our flesh, but the Bible says that flesh, human effort, my effort away from God, cannot give birth to anything other than flesh. (laughs) Even the greatest works of the greatest person, if it's done in the flesh, cannot give birth to the life of the Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But this idea is actually not brand new. Jesus is teaching it, but it was present in the Old Testament. It was prophesied through the prophet Ezekiel, prophesying to the people of God. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27, this is what God said to his people. He said, this was prophesying of the future. He said, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now, flesh is the same English word that we used before, but here it's being used in in contrast to a heart of stone. Here in the Old Testament, it's being used to say something that's moldable, malleable. So I know it's the same English word, but let's not get confused by that. And then he says, I will put my spirit, capital S, my Holy Spirit, in you and move you to follow my decrees and keep my laws so God says from the Old Testament that not only will I put my spirit in you but the desire to follow my ways even that is from me you don't even have to come up with that I will put my Holy Spirit in you and will move you towards doing what I want you to do Isn't that amazing that not only does God take care of everything in terms of our standing before God, but he says this Holy Spirit that I'm going to put in you, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit, but my spirit will actually draw you towards living the way that you should live. Even that doesn't come from my effort. That is all given to you by God. And, you know, I want to say that if you are a Christian today, why don't you take a moment of thankfulness? Take a moment of humility (laughs) and say, God, wow, I need to remind myself again that none of this is from me. None of this is my self-effort. None of this is because of what I earned or what I did. It was all because of you. And even the very desire to want to follow you has not come from me. Even that has come from you. And all I do is just put my faith in you, and I get to enter the kingdom of God. And if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, then I want to say that you know our belief is that is that you really need Jesus, but he has already given you everything that you could possibly need. You don't have to earn your way. You don't, have to, you don't have to somehow sort your life out in order to come to God. He is already here, ready to wash you in water and with spirit. So that is what our spirit is. Hopefully, that those couple of verses in the Bible have helped us to see what our spirit is and that what I said wasn't just completely random, but it's rooted in the Bible. But now I want us to move into the second part of my message, which is that we're not just called to be saved. We're not just called to be washed in the water in the Spirit. The Bible is so clear. You just read your New Testament that you, you know anything from Matthew onwards, you read that and you will see that we are called to live a life following the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're called to live spiritual lives. We are called to be people that live from our spirit, not from our flesh. We're supposed to be people that live empowered by the Holy Spirit, enabled by the Holy Spirit, drawn by the Holy Spirit into the life of Jesus. And another word for what I've just said then is that we're called to be disciples. You know, life in the spirit, spiritual life, life following the leading and drawing of the Holy Spirit is the beginning, the middle and the end of Christian discipleship. We never move beyond that. If you've been a Christian for one minute, I tell you, your spirit is alive and kicking. And the greatest thing that you could do right now is to pray, Holy Spirit, lead me. If you've been a Christian for 50 years and you, you, know, and you know God really well, I think the greatest prayer that you could pray right now is Holy Spirit, lead me lead me. We never graduate from this. We never build up to it. It's there from the very beginning through the middle to the end, through highs and lows, through good, through bad. This is the very, very, very heart of what it means to be a Christian. It's the Holy Spirit drawing my spirit into the life of Jesus. And all I keep doing is taking step by step in faith, in faith, in faith. Galatians, we're going to read from the book of Galatians, chapter 5 verse 16 to 25 and here the apostle Paul is going to expound on what Jesus has said and he's going to give us some more things to talk about about the flesh giving birth to the flesh but the Holy Spirit giving birth to the Holy Spirit he says this so I say walk by the Spirit capital S the Holy Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh what a promise for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. (laughs) There's a word for some of us, that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's building on what Jesus said. You can't inherit the kingdom of God through the acts of the flesh. Our life outside of God can't inherit the kingdom of God. We can't see God's kingdom come in our lives if we live like that. But the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, I love this, with its passions and desires. Our flesh has passions, it's got desires. But since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. See, here we see clearly that our spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, is supposed to be the driving force of our entire lives. But there's two things that I really want to draw out from this passage that are so helpful. The first one is that we struggle. We struggle. You know, we just listed a load of things that were the act of the flesh, some of which you'll have go, well, I've never you know, struggled with witchcraft or whatever. But if I want to stand here and tell you that I've never struggled... With selfish ambition, then I'm lying to you. Like the acts of the flesh, we, it says, it with its passions and desires, we desire selfish ambition because it makes us seem great. It makes us, it may make us even get more stuff than if we were selfless people. But I wanna say, conflict is better than no conflict in your life. If you're a Christian and you're struggling in some area, I wanna encourage you, that means that you are still alive. That means you're still alive. If you weren't struggling, then it would mean that you'd just given up, or that you're just literally not breathing anymore. The life of a Christian is life of struggle, because we have, you know, we're only one person, but we'll all relate to that idea of wanting to do something we know we shouldn't, whilst also wanting to do the thing that we know we should do. We'll have all had that experience, and if you're a Christian, then our call is to Pray and draw on the Holy Spirit that we would be led to live out of our spirit. But let me tell you, if you struggle with those things, i tell you why. It's because you're a human being and it's because you're alive and because your spirit is alive. Now, we're not supposed to settle for just living enslaved to the things of the flesh, but don't be discouraged if you're struggling. It actually, I think it means you're alive. And the second thing that this we learn from this verse is that all of this comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, it says the in verse twenty-two, uh, in verse nineteen, sorry, it says the acts of the flesh. The things of the flesh are things that we do, but in contrast, it, in verse twenty-two, it doesn't say, but the acts of the Holy Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. You see, the fruit, the the living by our spirit, living a spiritual life, drawn by the Holy Spirit, the, the fruit of love, joy, peace, all those things, they are a byproduct, what? Of the drawing, the leading, and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Which means, A, we can't take credit for those things in our lives, but B, we don't have to just work at this a lot and just try and try and try. If you want to have more patience in your life, the greatest thing you could do would be, Holy Spirit, lead me. Not, I just want to be more patient, I've got to be more patient. I don't think that's how it works, because it's not the acts of the Spirit, it's the fruit of the Spirit. But as Christians, we are. the Bible says that when we live by the Spirit, it says we will stop gratifying the cravings, the desires of the flesh. And when we do that, we stop being enslaved to sin so much. I think our lives become better, (laughs) they become more fun, they become more freeing, they become more the real me is present. But there is a call and I want to ask us how much of your life, how much of your desires, of your dreams, of your attitudes towards people who think differently to you, towards our social media use, towards our, our temptations, towards our whatever, how much of that is, are you living in the Spirit? How many of those things are we inviting the Holy Spirit to be the one who leads and guides us into those things? The things that you're struggling with, You know, let me give you an example, you know, let me give you a practical example. If you're trying to be more healthy and you've got and someone offers you chocolate, right, we've all had that experience where I really want to eat the chocolate, but I also really want to not eat the chocolate, right? How much of our now that might actually be a spiritual example if we're talking about self control and you know, but how much of our lives are we are we in those moments saying, Holy Spirit, guide me? Holy Spirit lead me. Because those things are in direct conflict from each other. But not only are they, but the fruit of them is in conflict with each other. Okay, so let me, just to finish with, let me give us one thing that maybe we could do out of this. So we've taught that our spirit is is created, made alive, come awake by the Holy Spirit when we receive Jesus. And now our spirit is that part of me, drawn by the Holy Spirit is now, that's the part of me that that, that enters into the kingdom of God. It, it's the Holy Spirit is the one who shows me Jesus. It's the part of me that is drawn towards living the way that God does in contrast with the flesh. So how do I actually start doing that? You know, if you're addicted to pornography... How do we actually start to go about the process of becoming free from something of the flesh towards living the way that God wants us to do? If you are obsessed with what people think about you or you've got selfish ambition or jealousy embedded into who you are, how do we actually start to go about living and experiencing the fruit of self-control and of love and of patience in our lives as opposed to the desires that are so strong and the passions that are so strong of our flesh? How do we go about living as a disciple. Well, if you know me, then you know I'm going to say we're going to go to the Bible. Because, uh, and the reason for that is because of Romans chapter 10, verse 17. We've said today that the only way, the only thing that we do in this process is to put our faith in God. That's all we do. We trust him. We trust his promises. We trust his word. We put our faith in him. And the Bible says in Romans 10 that faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of God or the word about Christ so the the word of God the bible is how is one way that we can we can stir up faith in our lives to then put our faith in what God is doing so here's what I'd like to suggest Romans 8 verse 14 to 17 I would just love to encourage you I think this bible verse could start to change your life this week Okay? I think if you pray a prayer that says, Holy Spirit, lead me into this truth that I'm about to read to you, and you studied memorized obsessed over prayed over read this once a day three times a day whatever and prayed holy spirit make it come alive in me I genuinely think that by the end of this week you would start to see something shift in your life and I'm not saying that you would see something that you struggling with disappear but you might see the seed of a desire to want to go the other way Sometimes that's, sometimes the prayer is not, God, I want you. Sometimes the prayer is just, God, I wish I wanted you. <laughs> Help me to want to want you. Well, that means that your spirit is alive. Let me read this verse for you. In fact, I'm going to do it while we do it. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, come and make this alive for us. And this verse is cool because it talks about what we've been talking about and it goes right to the core of what the Holy Spirit can do, which is to start to transform the way we think about ourselves, our identity in Christ. This is what it says, verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14 to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received, the Holy Spirit you deceived does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Holy Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba Father. The spirit, the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. You know, if you just focused on the first verse of that alone, maybe we could get verse 14 back up on the screen. You know, if you prayed, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the truth of this scripture, and you read it again for those who are led by the Spirit of God, which if you're a Christian, then at least at some measure you are already, are the children of God. Holy Spirit, come and help me know what it means to be a child of God. What that means, that the worth that you have placed on my life, the, the place of security and identity and of safety and of honour and of renown, of what it means to be called a, son of, a child of God. Holy Spirit, make that alive in me. Draw me towards that reality. Draw me towards that truth. And I tell you then, when you start to struggle with the thing that you're struggling with, Maybe, maybe by Wednesday or Thursday or Friday if you add your faith to this, if you keep putting your faith in this, if you keep asking the Holy Spirit to lead you, maybe that moment where you're tempted to look at something on the internet that you know you shouldn't, maybe for the first time in a long time you might have that moment that goes, "But I'm built for more than this, but a child of God is made for more than this. And I'm not saying that's going to guarantee that you're going to see the fruit of self-control come in your life, but hey, maybe that glimmer of hope comes alive in you that you've not seen for a very, 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 very long time. Well, that is your spirit being drawn by the Holy Spirit into the life of the kingdom of God where you are not a slave to sin, but you are free and you are free indeed. Or maybe that moment where you say you're a child of God and suddenly you realise that as you go through your week, you've realised that you actually never think about God and who you are when you're in a meeting and you feel insecure not to say anything because there's lots of stuff and it's on Zoom and you've got to unmute or whatever. And suddenly you go, wait, I'm a child of God. I don't need to be afraid. And suddenly you have a confidence that starts to grow in you. And maybe by next week that confidence is growing that means that actually you then actually unmute and you say something and you start to become freer maybe you are incredibly just finding that you're impatient at home with your with your spouse or with your roommate with your parents and you just pray, God, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a co with Christ. Holy Spirit, lead me into that truth. And you find as you do that, the moment that the temptation gets angry, something from somewhere, it's called your spirit, comes alive and goes, wait, 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 wait. I remember that the, the fruit of the spirit is patience. Holy Spirit, in this moment, lead me, guide me, help me. And you find that maybe sometimes you actually find from somewhere, you find a little bit of grace for your mom or your dad that you didn't think you had, for the grown-ups in your life. Maybe you find that you start to live it. Guys, this is the life of a Christian disciple. And it's not just this, it's so much more, but this is at the core of what it means to be a disciple. Humbly going, God, I cannot manufacture this for myself. I'm only getting to pray this prayer because you've washed me in water and in spirit. And now, Holy Spirit, I pray you'd come and fill me and lead me and awaken the desires in me even for you. And then empower me to now start to see maybe some of those things becoming actions at some point that I can take. never take credit for, but will start to transform my very life. You know, church, we need so much more than just our own personal leading of the Spirit. We need the Word of God to anchor us. We need our church to anchor us. We need relationships with our friends and our peers, people older, people younger, But I want to say at the very core of what it means for you to be a Christian disciple is to live a spiritual life from your spirit, humbly drawing, crying out to God to lead you, to guide you, and to create in you a new heart and a new spirit. And I really believe, church, just as the thing that you could take out from this is just to pray, Holy Spirit, lead me, Holy Spirit, guide me, and maybe to center it around that Romans 8, verse 14 to 17. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, right now and start to awaken our spirits like never before. Fan into flame the tiniest and make a raging fire the already spirit that's burning bright. This is all on you, Holy Spirit. We wanna add our faith to you. So I pray that you give us the gift of faith. Lord, but we pray, Holy Spirit, thank you that you have rescued us, that you've saved us and that you draw us, move us towards a life in the spirit. But come now, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heartchurch UK.